Hello to all you friends. Nice to have you here tonight. This Wednesday night service. I believe God has something special for all of you that have made the effort to be here. And I hope you all had a wonderful 4th of July. Our events are this coming Sunday with Children's Church. It's Western Sunday y'all are involved in that this Sunday is Western Sunday and then Sunday night is Youth Sunday our youth pastor will be speaking and also this weekend the 9th is when our Mother's Memorial offering is due the pledges you made or if you didn't make a pledge you can still give anyhow so this offering is due Sunday our Mother's Memorial offering on the 11th is the XO marriage seminar from 6 to 7.30 and you can sign up in the foyer so they kind of have an idea how many uh, pages to print up so you can follow along. I believe that's what's going on this next week. So we're going to do a hymn. We're going to sing about there being power in the blood. Do you believe there is power in the blood? <laughs> Thank God there's power in the blood. Oh my goodness, just to think how powerful that blood is, <laughs> that it can cover anything, goes into that sea, covered by the blood of Jesus, never to be remembered anymore by him. Okay, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood, and would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood, oh there is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And would you be free from your passion and pride. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working 
cow and wood you be wider much wider than snow there's power in the blood power in the blood sin stains are lost it is life giving flow there's wonderful power in the blood oh there is power power
prayer, even travail in prayer, if necessary, to produce the womb of healing. In Jesus' name, we bring the glory of the Word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the victory of the resurrection. To every one of these people, we send angels. We stir up the spirit in our own faith, knowing that nothing is impossible with you, God. We are expecting to hear results of victory and glory because we have confidence in you. No weapon form, no disease, no sickness, no level of spiritual deficit can keep the Messiah in a grave. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. We shout unto you with the voice of victory. because we know that he heard our prayer. That's a very distinct thing he wants. We know that you heard us. We know that you feel after those people that we talked about. In the name of Jesus, receive our worship. In the name of Jesus, receive our praise. We believe that the miracles and the healings are on their way. Oh, hallelujah. Let's sing it with them.
you're seated I, and the ushers get ready to receive the offering, I'd like to make a couple of comments about the wonderfulness of the last few days. I, I have just kept feeling an overwhelming feeling of uh, what a great people God has gathered together. And, and this is not just a to build us all up. It is a matter of fact. As I reviewed what all God has done and, and what he has forecast for this assembly, it is an amazing thing how he's got this thing all ready and all we have to do is come ye and walk ye and believe as we go. And so I, I want to tell you what a thrill it is to be a part of your life and the picture Jesus has for your life and for the covenant with helping to reach this world. Father, I pray that you bless this people according to your good pleasure. Bless them in their going in and their going out. And I pray that you bless them financially for the thousands of dollars that have been placed in the plan of redeeming a county, a city, a baby, a mother, a dad. In Jesus' name, we glorify you. Amen. Well, this was one of my very favorite songs to hear Brother Bob Bolton lead. He took my sins away. I came to Jesus weary, worn, and sad. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. He
in the Bible was the fact they could trust in their God. I am watching a crowd of people in our world that talk about trusting in God and going to a holy city, but it's pretty obvious that many of them talk about trusting Him while just really it's mainly an imaginative thought that no matter what, just maybe somehow or another it will happen. But Jesus said, follow me. That wasn't a trick. It, it, it wasn't a pathos. It was just a realization. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. And he that cometh unto me cometh unto the Father, or as I've tried to help us to understand the word father just means source to get right to the source of the whole thing so uh, tonight we are going to look at some things and, and, and if you gentlemen in the uh, media department can put up John 3.16 and Acts 1 and 8 so that people can see those uh, it will help but it's not essential uh, I want to say uh, up front, God is not afraid of sin. No matter where he finds it, it can be years of sin in a heart, in a head, a house, and etc. But God is not afraid of sin. God doesn't worry about the sinner. He is not worried about where he can take you no matter where you have lived. He is phenomenal. He is not a God. He is the only wise God. He is the only creative God that created heaven, earth, and us to look like the image of that he would come in. To believe in God is to believe his word. Not a part of it, not the part that we could facilitate and see easily or quickly. No, no, no. He is the word incarnate, meaning he came in flesh 
to experience and to testify that I am the Word. So, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to understand the oneness of God as much as anything. And that is that we are to become Christ. The book says it as directly as you can make it. Be ye Christ. And then he, through the Pauline epistle, says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So there is no hope if Christ is not in us. The Word and the Spirit agree. And so talking in tongues is the realization or the notation that you have received the Spirit. But later he encourages and helps us to realize that you are saved by renewing that Spirit and that we are to renew it day by day. So it's, it's, it's not just a heritage thing that you put as a monument somewhere in the corner of your mind and one day 20 years ago I got the Holy Ghost and I got baptized in Jesus' name and, and, and now uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating, I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. Daily bread, daily power, daily pushing the powers of hell backward, not through our ability, but through the capability of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So today, I want us to realize that we, the Bible said, crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. I want to ask you the question, do you dare to die out to flesh? And it's lust. You are involved with the Messiah and his angels looking in and listening in. It's not like some little thing I can hide. I can tell you the stethoscope tells a lot about the heart. But God knows our whole heart. The genius of man understands that they can penetrate your whole body and look at your bone structure and tell you where the pain is coming from, where you have fractured, whether it's a femur or whether it is part of your arm. God knows you better than that. None of that compares with what God knows about your thoughts, your spirit, and your destiny. So it, he sent me to tell us, be ye ready. Don't delay. Don't put it off. And so tonight, I want to remind you that God is not afraid of sin. He is on your side. But he said he is faithful and just to con, con, give to us a Forgiveness, He is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins as we confess them.
I do know that a lot of people have tried to make confession by saying, I, I, I confess that I was wrong and, and now that I'm saved. For the moment, you are. But the power of God is that you don't keep doing it. Because we callous ourselves to the realization that, well, I'm just going to always do sin. No, that's not right. He said, I write unto you that you sin not. So, ladies and gentlemen, our exercising ourselves unto godliness and absolutely realizing Christ in us, the hope of glory, is a very critical thing. And so what is going to happen and what is happening is that Christ in you develops the life that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And we are required by the Bible to have the ministry of reconciliation. So he said, if we see a brother or a sister fall, by the way, we don't just go and tell everybody, I guess so, so and so gave up, and I guess, uh, I guess that they just couldn't take it. No, no, no. Go to them in the spirit of meekness and fear and say, brother, man, I noticed you, you, you just seem to not have the victory and, and, and the things you talk about now, don't, they don't harmonize with all of this conquering the powers of hell and conquering the, 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 the victories that Satan has had over some of our kids. No, no, no. We are going to rise up in the name of Jesus. We are going to rise up by the power of the, the blood of Jesus and overcome the flesh. I wish somebody would tell him, God, I'm on your side. I'm not just going to church house. I'm going to your house so I can become the house of God and so I can absolutely portray you. Acts 1 and 8, you, look at your neighbor if you would, you shall receive power. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you hear of a brother and sister that are hurting, then we must conquer with them by faith and say, look, I've been hurt before and I know the healer is going to heal you. All you have to do is confess that you're hurting and you look up to your Redeemer and he's going to come down and he is going to strengthen your mind. He's going to strengthen your heart and he's going to give you victory over the deficit that you experienced through some others, uh, somebody else's perverted way of living. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not about going to the house. It's going about to the house of bread so we can get bread. Not so I like the sermon or I like the music or I like this. No, no, no. I love him and I want to hear him. I want to hear about him. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I want to live with him. I want him to live with me. I don't want to part time God I want a 100% deity in my mind my hands and my life 
So we become Christ. That, this is what born again really means. Along with grow in grace and in knowledge. St. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To believe in God is to follow him. It's not to quote him, it's to follow him. I know a lot of people that can quote scripture. I know a lot of people that can find scripture. But a lot of people are leaving out the following. That's where we've got to encourage one another. Don't you let the enemy push you over, brother. You're too valuable to our spiritual economy in Paris, Texas, in Lamar County, and particularly in the United Pentecostal Church because the kids are looking up to us. The teenagers are looking up to us, and don't we have a phenomenal group of teenagers that are rising up in this hour? It is amazing what God is doing in this hour with Holy Ghost power. And I'm telling you, it is beautiful to watch. I understand everybody wants them to dress right, talk right, and act right like an adult quick. We have rushed this whole thing so fast that people have fallen on their face and they didn't have time to mature or maturate truth. We can't afford to do that. He made it clear, they that wait on the Lord become a living epistle. So when kids look at us, they say, I've got to find out from Mama. I've got to find out from Dad. I've got to have a Sunday school teacher. I've got to have some friends that know the ropes and understand he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved. Saved is a generic term for a process. The Word says, come and I will make you. The word make you there simply means come and put. I'll put you in my process and I will start letting you exercise this truth and then I'll give you another one and you can begin to feed on that one and that one gets into your entire system and the first thing you know you're exercising yourself unto godliness and the first thing you know no weapon formed against you can prosper and no weight can dampen your spirits and make you feel like I am under such a load. I just don't thank my God. There's so many, so much hell breaking loose in my block and my city. Oh God, oh God, I don't know. Strong and mighty is the almighty God. He is able to give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. But he's not only powerful enough to put under your feet. He said you can bear the heavy load. You can take care of it. Just lift up your voice 
and call on me in the day of trouble and I will hear you and I will come to you and I will be a power source. That's what Acts 1 and 8 means. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come. It's not about talking in tongues and bragging about the fact I've talked in tongues. No, 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 no. It's about I just got power and I got hooked up to heaven and I'm going to tell you that no weapon formed is going to discourage me to spare me and cause me to turn around and be wrong and do stuff that's not right. I am in Christ a brand new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. I am walking in somebody else's shoes and it's the master. I wish somebody would praise him like he deserves it. I'm talking about like he deserves it. You're not praising the pastor. You're not praising because of the pastor. You're praising because the bloodline is still available. You're praising because the name has still power and authority in it. We are praising him tonight, not because the preacher wants us to. Praise goes to God, not the preacher. To believe in God is to believe his whole book. There's a lot of people that believe in a few scriptures. There's a lot of people that trust in a few scriptures. But they that trust in the Lord shall be saved. Because to trust in the Lord is to lean not to your own understanding. I am hearing so many people tell me, I just don't understand. And I tell him, I say, hey, look, if you don't understand, quit using your blood. Tell me then, if you're using your blood, how you understand it works when a banana turns into your bloodstream. How does that work? Tell me how that egg suddenly gets into your bloodstream and walks up to your brain cells and starts feeding. Just share with me how that works. None of us understand how we keep breathing. That respiratory system is amazing. None of us understand how a meat patty turns into a strong power source in our body. We can't explain that to our kids. Why do we act like that? No, 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 no. We don't understand how it works. We understand it works. We eat it and it works. We obey it and it works. We trust it and it works. We trust him and it works. We bring the name of Jesus and every knee in heaven shall bow and every tongue shall confess that no weapon formed is going to take us out of here. I'm here to tell you you're not going to die because of cancer. You're going to die because of the devil don't like what's been happening and he hates this flesh and God said I'm going to give you three score and ten and maybe some of your days will be numbered shorter and some earlier if I decide to let you get out early you may go out by cancer you may go out by blood clots you may go out by anything he is going to help us but none of us can understand the respiratory system other than we can go get an encyclopedia 
or get online and start trying to tell people, now here's how that works. Well, would, would you look in me and see how I'm doing? Friend, ladies and gentlemen, it's way too, time, too late for us to be playing games with this thing. I mean, this thing is about to wrap up for some of us. I'm already in my 70s, and if I live 30 more years, I, I'm going to get a whole, ahead of some of those guys in the book. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you have already used up a third of your life, a half of your life. We cannot afford to keep on trying. We've got to go ahead and trust. Trying is one of the things you do early, but trusting is what you do when you have confidence in Him. Uh, this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He heareth us. Uh, and if we know that He heareth us, we have the petition we desire of it. But you see, we live in America and we'll microwave it and try to tell them, oh, come on, how it's got to happen now. No, 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 no. He said, in due season. He said that. Plant the seed, water the seed, live with the seed, and let him give the increase. You know, a lot of times when a pastor is really preaching about that, somebody say, Amen, Pastor. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't afford to just keep sitting around here looking and wishing somebody would hurry up and get it done. No, no, no. God's going to have a church, a church that will rise up in the name of Jesus and say we defy all of the helplessness. We defy all of the hopelessness. We defy all of the risk, the risk that we take. We are coming in the name of Jesus. We understand one thing. He walked into this world out of a womb of a virgin and he left this world hallelujah in resurrection style and he said if I go away I'm coming back and I will receive you unto myself and so be ye ready get the preacher alive get the preacher to preaching get the preacher to getting on top of it get the preacher to work I wish some of you men would stand up and shout, God, save our children. God, save our city. God, save our workers. God, save every preacher in this community. We want revival, God. We don't want a crowd. We want revival. We're praying for every preacher. We're praying for every mother. We're praying for every daddy. We want revival. tried to help us to understand what God has helped us to understand. Gideon started out with 32,000, wound up with 300, but he got the victory. That's what God was after, victory. Most people would say, oh, that was a failing church. Really? No. God started what Gideon wanted and gave him 32,000 people. Do we believe that story or not? And then when God put them to the test of their faith, most of them quit. Well, I'll find me another preacher. I'll find me another church that don't preach about shouting and talking in tongues and praying until and travailing until and walking in the word until he comes. That's what you're facing right now. 
I've served on the church, uh, the general, uh, the, the board of the district. I know what's happening out yonder. I'm not playing games with God and with the devil. They are both power sources that either one of them are going to get our attention or the other. It's not about how many things going on are out yonder. You got God and you got the devil and I'm not serving the flesh. I'm telling you this stuff is born in sin, shaping in iniquity and I need Jesus and I'm going to preach Jesus and I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to preach the blood and I'm going to preach neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved I want to be saved and I want your kids saved and I want every preacher in this city saved and I want every person going to their church saved I'm not willing for any to perish Gideon started out with 32,000, wound up with 300. I know what most anybody would say. When the parking lot's nearly empty of a big building or whatever, and they look and say, I guess they must not have had as much as they acted like. I promise you, Gideon had all he needed. One God. I said he had all he needed. One God. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. You don't need somebody else. You don't need the computer telling you what God has already told you in his word. You may find something in the Bible, I mean in the computer that talks about the Bible that tries to tell you something that sounds legitimate and good but I'm here to tell you, you got people all over the world telling people they're saved and they're still living just like they lived before they got any kind of what's called salvation. I'm here to tell you, salvation has come ye out of the world and come ye to me. I'm telling you, it's no game, it's no gimmick. There's a real God and a real Savior and a real power and a real victory and a glorious future. I'm here to preach and teach to somebody, God is on your side. Well, that's not the way they're preaching when I got the Holy Ghost. What kind of ghost is still there when lamentation and feeling is dominating the mind instead of worship? and praise every morning. God, you cause the sun to come up. God, I've got money that I never had before. God, I've got food in my pantry. God, let everybody, everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. You don't praise him because he's doing what you want him to do. You praise him because he's doing what he intended to do. And that's get you out of a flesh body and give you a supernatural body that is going to live forever in the social system of the spiritual arena. You say, Pastor, man, you are preaching hard. Do you know how long eternity is? Do you know what I've got to face when I get through with all of this that I am going to be judged for what I did to or for us? What is it I tried to get us started Sunday, and I'm going to keep pressing the issue. Why do you really come to the house of God? What is it that you come for? What is it that you want out of the house of God? And what is it that you have done with what you've already got? 
God asks questions. Whom say men that I am? You say, Pastor, you're acting like this thing is really happening. I believe it's happening. Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. Again, when we look at the book from Romans all the way to Jude, the letters to the church, they're absolute. They are just as meaningful now as they were then. They are history books that tell the story. 1 Corinthians, a church that is exactly like many churches today. In that church at Corinth that got the Holy Ghost, that got baptized in Jesus' name, and they began a civil life instead of a spiritual life. They began to do what they wanted to do. Do you dare with Job to die out to flesh? What is it that you really pray over about the city every day? What is it that you fast and seek the face of God of what you can do to create in our city a power structure? There's only one real way to do it. And the Bible says, ye are living epistles known and read of all men. You say, Pastor, you, you must be wound up. I am. I'm not going to take the tithe money that's God's money and spend it on flesh's ideas about what God is or wants. I am the intercessor as long as I pastor or preach the Word of God, I am not preaching to please men and women. I am here to please the one who gave me life, the one who has afforded me victory, the one who has afforded this assembly some of the greatest days in life. You and I know that there are preachers that have preached and could preach and did preach well, and all the while they were living in sin. You've met some of them. You say, Pastor, you're really heralding a lot. I'm here to tell you that the devil is a deceiver and he is good at what he does. And he wants us to make us think that because we joined the place, that we are owning the place and we have everything we're going to get. Not on your life. God's not going to force you to have victory, brother. He's not going to force you to have victory, mother. He is going to give you victory. And he says, come unto me and I will give you spiritual energy and you will do work, wonderful works and you will be accomplished in your works and you will forgive and you will love and you will compensate. I'm telling you the wonderfulness of victory is that God gives you the distinctive of his word so that you can train up a child so that you can reach back and see a child that has gone off of the deep end or gone away and he's going to give you the strength and the wisdom 
to plant a little seed here and they're going to be looking homeward and all of a sudden the prodigal said, I'll tell you what, I'm in worse shape than I ever was. My mother and dad at least had a peace. My mother and dad at least went to the house of God where they got joy. My mother and dad were people that lived in victory. I wonder if they'd just take me home. And so the prodigal said, I'm going home and see what's happening. And when he got home, mom and dad wasn't ready to fuss at him and say, why you been gone so long and what all did you do while you was gone and all that stuff. He didn't care. Forgiveness don't stir up all the history. Forgiveness just because, hey, look, it don't make any difference. Though your sins be as scarlet, they're going to be white as snow. You're coming back home. I'm going to receive you. We're going to have a party. We're going to dance in joy and praise the name of the Lord. For the prodigal came home. Oh, I wish somebody would stand up and praise him. Not because I want you to, but because he loves praise. He loves praise. Praise your name, God. We praise your name. We praise your name. We don't just iterate it. We don't just vocalize it. Down inside of us tonight is a joy unspeakable. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you getting us out of sin. We can't tell you how much wonderfulness it is to know that if tonight we slide out of this world... We really are going to go to heaven because we've lived in so many heavenly places. We don't doubt it. I encourage you to read Job 41 at some point. God began to work with me on some of this stuff. And all of it, I think he worked with me on it. But I'm just saying some of it. You may want to read Job 41 tomorrow or some other time please don't read it on my time right now us to become Christ this is what born again means somebody say become Christ no no I mean become Christ ye are Christ the Bible said when you are baptized in his name filled with his spirit and you begin to walk in his word ye are Christ that means that in us dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily because if Christ be in you he makes you that you shall not be ashamed that's why he says study don't just read it study how does this scripture connect with this one and how does the scripture work it always works obedience is the better than sacrifice. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, to obey, the Bible said, is better than sacrifice. Why? Because whatever you can get yourself to obey by faith, you become that much more in Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You can, you can maybe get involved in three scriptures, five scriptures, and you will get something from that it's just like jello you'll get a little something taste you'll get a little feeling of cool you, you you'll get some feeling but i can tell you jello's not going to make you what you need to be it may be a good taste and a sermon may be a good feeling oh that makes me feel good they told me i'm saved if i talk in tongues they told me i'm saved if i say i join the church they told me i'm saved if i do this no 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 he that endureth to the end shall be saved 
Huh? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That means that you're going to be tormented. Afflictions. Oh, my God, I tell you what, I don't know why. I, I, I don't even know why I, get, I thought I could go to church and get all this, uh, this all worked out. I don't know why I thought if I went to church that my kids would all join the church. Uh, I don't know why that my kids are acting like they are. Be thou an example. He was the example. He went to Calvary. And if we want our kids to get saved, we've got to go to Calvary. You say, Pastor. No, no, no. He said, if any man doesn't crucify the flesh and the lust thereof, he cannot be my disciple. That discipleship there, brother, is means a living letter. When our children see us rising out of the ruins of a situation and we have come out without the smell of smoke and they look at us and say, Mom, I don't know how you did it. Dad, I don't know how you did it. I, I, I know I did wrong. I, I, I did this. I hurt your feelings. I broke your heart. I, I, I did this sin and I did that. And you act like a, that there's still enough victory for both of us. That's right, son. That's what God did. More than enough. He gave us a river of living water. He gave us a river of wisdom. He gave us a river of overcoming. He gave us a river of victory. He didn't give us a tadpole part. He gave us joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not talking about a dip in the pool. I'm talking about seven dips until healing comes. Oh, I wish somebody would stand up and praise him. Not me. I'm telling you, God's looking in on this service tonight. God's in charge of what's going on in your home. God wants to take over. Let's travail a couple of minutes over neighbors. Let's travail over some kids. Let's travail. When Zion travails, sons and daughters are born. And they get regrouped. Oh, that's it. Zion travails. Oh, God, whatever I have to do, I want revival in my house. I want revival in my heart. I want holiness in my life. I want godliness in my work. It's a sad thing. People already have their clock set to go home at a certain time when God is trying to say, call on me. I will give you. I will be for you. I will do what you can't even imagine I can do. I will do more than you ever thought I could do. If you will just follow me, if you will just get a hold of me in the day of trouble, I will hear you and I will come to you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And you shall flourish. It's amazing how long we can stand. Go ahead and be seated if you want to. It's amazing how long we can stand at a ball game, shout at a ball game, and not going to get anything out of it other than the good feeling that we rooted for them. 
I am telling you, I don't know what makes God have what, what God must feel when he sees people that go to his house and just barely trickle out a little bit of shout and praise and watch some guy out there that's a whoremonger or an adulterer or a fornicator or a rapist and out there on a football field or a basketball team or a baseball team and people say, go, go, go. Even in their home when nobody's much, they're going to be, look at that. Where is the testimony of look at what God's doing in my life. What God did in my brother. What God is doing for my sister. Go brother. Go brother. Go sister. Go. You want to know why we weren't supposed to play ball and do all that stuff in years gone by? Because we were so busy praising God. Now we have turned the corner. Now boy. Can't wait to get out of church on Sunday to go watch some ball game. What are you going to get out of that? You know I watch them. You know I I think about it. But I would never leave my prayer partner, somebody on their way to hell, and try to hurry up and make sure I got home to see a ball game. Hello? Come on, folks. Do we want revival or do we just want to paddle our little canoe in circles? And go to church and go home and just say, well, I hope God gets busy someday and gets all that stuff done. No, no, no. He wants you, the body of Christ, to activate now and birth children now and educate children now. He's not wanting us to depend on him to do every bit of that. He said, I am with you and I shall be. Somebody say it good and loud. I wish somebody would say, preach, pastor. I'm telling you, I am not going to let you or your kids or this city go to hell without a loud voice. I didn't come here to patronize people, and I didn't come here to make a living. I came here to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and him coming back and filling us with the Holy Ghost and then calling us out of this world into a heavenly home. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not here to placate flesh. I am here to disturb flesh until it gets to be so miserable living in the flesh and discouragement because of the flesh that all of a sudden we get our bodies to the altar and we say I'm going to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof and I am not going to let it mess my prayer life up my intercessory prayer life up and my faith up and my love for my brothers and sisters in Christ up I'm not. Uh, they may be weak and they may have a day when they trip and fall but I am not going to depend on my brothers and sisters I'm going to depend on the name I'm going to depend on the word I'm going to depend on the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost the power of God unto salvation I'm telling you there's a shout in my soul tonight because I know my Redeemer liveth and he ever present help in the time of need he's on your side I wish you'd tell your neighbor he's on your side He's not against you. Your flesh is against you. It wants to draw you away from prayer. It wants to draw you away from the word. It wants to give you deluding of the word. 
the letters to the church. Romans, all the way to Jude. Go read how Paul preached and how the others preached to them. But he didn't do it verbally. He did it on paper. If there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. It ought not to be that people feel awkward calling for three or four of the brothers of the church or calling for the pastor to come because that's an act of faith. But when you don't believe it's going to happen, you just say, well, maybe they'll somehow microscopically figure out that, that they ought to do that. No, if any man, call for the elders of the church. Call for some of these old gray-headed guys. Call for some of those people you see go to that prayer room. And when they come out, their eyes are swollen because they have travailed in the Holy Ghost. When they shout and praise God in the service, you know they're in touch with the Word and the Spirit. They don't wait on the songs to get what they want. They don't wait on the juking and jiving about all of that. They've come to the house of God for one reason. We've come to praise the name of the Lord. We have come to obey the Word of God. We have come to salute the power of the spirit world and we are here on purpose and we're not here to see how fast we can get through this and get out no 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 that's what you do when somebody's terrorizing you that's what you do when somebody is absolutely taking you down no 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 we come to the peacemaker we've come to the healer we've come to the joy maker we've come to the riches of the inheritance of the gospel we've come to Jesus Christ the only way to have a life that is powerful. The revival is already here. What are we going to do with it? It's in the atmosphere. How are we going to pull it in? How many of you were here in years gone by, when people prayed in those two little old chambers back yonder in the back of the church when I first time I ever came here you barely could get in there because they didn't come to church to just hear a little singing and get a little preaching and hurry up home so they could watch TV and to watch something else. Uh, ladies and gentlemen we got to get that junk out of our system. I'm not against us having a TV. I'm not against us having a radio but I'm against us loving that more than we love the prayer room and more than we love the person of the power of God and the glory of revival and the glory of intercession and when Zion travails sons and daughters are going to be born you don't have to wonder if it's going to happen I'm telling you he said it's going to happen not the preacher I'm just telling you what he said when Zion travails sons and daughters are going to be born that prayer room ought to be a place where we intercede with God not just Wednesday and Sunday but there ought to be a prayer chamber in our house that won't let us watch more TV until we have touched the hem of his garment. You say, Pastor, you going back to the old days. That's what produced this day. Old-fashioned sacrifice. Old-fashioned sacrifice. 
Do I need to illustrate it? Oh, God. My children are hurting. My children need a touch of heaven. God, would you give me a spirit that would be patient enough and strong enough? God, would you touch my neighbor? They're hurting. They're almost in a divorce. God, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me patience? Would you give me a knowledge? Would you give me a passion? Come on, folks. I'm talking about that's what birthed the church. That's what birthed the church. All you got to do is look at Jesus. He travailed and agonized. He travailed and agonized. He travailed and agonized. And then they pinned him to a cross. Where is our cross? Does anybody know that we have a cross? Take up thy cross and follow me. A cross is not just something. I tried to illustrate it Sunday. It's the gateway to our future. The cross is the gateway to greater things. If any man will be my disciple, he must take up the cross. A crossless Christian will never have the Christ they can just call themselves a Christian. Because he said this is the first covenant with promise. Crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. We've, quite, we've got to quit letting the clock tell us what time to leave the house of God. We've got to quit letting the clock tell us we don't need to be there till everybody else is there. We've got to quit the the clock, guide our future. God is taking time in his hand right now. And he said, call on me in the day of trouble. I can remember when preaching of the cross brought tears to people's eyes because they, they, they just went ahead and moved in on it. Nowadays, you can preach about the cross and people will wonder how long we got to be here in this and how long do we have to put up with this. The cross? Put up with it? It's the doorway to every victory, to every work of the Spirit. The cross. No man can be my disciple unless he takes up the cross. That cross that we took up years ago don't work now. You got to have a now cross. You say, Pastor, you're making it rough. I'm not making it rough. I'm opening a door of victory to every person in the house and those online. I'm here to tell you that the Word of God is absolute, not obsolete. It is as current today as it was the day it was inked in in the book and papyrus. I'm here to tell you that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that book has not changed. He said, call on me in the day of trouble. Forgive people before they ask. You don't have to keep going around and we 
wishing people would get rid of uh, all their animosity and all their weird stuff. No, no, no. He said, forgive them before they ask. That's what I did for you. I went to the cross. I got out of that tomb. I gave you an illustration so you understand that you don't have to lay in the lay on the cross the rest of your life. You just got to give your life on a cross. And then when you get through with that cross, you get full of the Holy Ghost. And when you get full of the Holy Ghost, no weapon formed against you can prosper. You're going to have victory. I wish you'd take the hand of somebody close and pray with them over their children or over y'all's children or, and, and say, God, give Paris, Texas revival. Don't, don't wait until we get everything perfect. We are not waiting until everybody does what we want them to do. We are trusting you to open the gates of heaven. I wish you'd come on to the organ or the piano and, and, and I'm, I'm going to say a few more things but do you really believe do you really believe it today I hath not seen ear hath not heard now here's the catch neither has entered the mind of man the things that God has prepared for them that love and walk in him. Now here's the here's the second question. Do you believe that's going to be after we are out of here or while we're believing and trusting in him? How much more prophecy has to come to pass? before we go ahead and do our shouting and dancing and praising God because he's already told us evil men shall wax worse and worse. What is happening in the White House? What is happening in the government when they absolutely make laws that sustain same-sex marriage and now they're doing surgeries to transform a boy into a girl and a girl into a boy how much longer are we going to just sit in our church and wish it would happen how long is it going to be before we travail and say preacher don't you let us up easy you keep us in an altar you keep us in a sacrificial posture you keep us in the word you keep us in the joy of the Holy Ghost you keep us into the power of God unto salvation you keep us there don't you let us get out of hand don't you let us get at ease and Zion. Don't you do it. Stir up the gift. And that's what God's been dealing with me all week about. Actually, all month. Could we stand? And those of you, and I'm not trying to make a scene, but those of you that can come up with a little bit of hunger for our city, would you slip down to the front just for three minutes? Go ahead and sing, would you? Weep for your children, the Bible said. Travail over the backsliders in my Father's house are many mansions. Spiritual bodies that will facilitate the glory of life never was meant for us to just barely go through the motion never was meant that joy unspeakable is kingdom life 
joy unspeakable. No That's it. Sing it, singers. Pray it, prayer warriors. Stir up the tears. When Zion travails. Oh, God, don't let our preacher go to sleep. God, don't let our husbands go to sleep. Don't let our mothers go to sleep. We're not to be worried. We are to be thankful while we're weeping. And the cross shoulder of your wife or your husband. And let's pray one for another right now. If you got a friend close, pray a prayer of faith. God's going to see your children through. A prayer of faith. God's going to give our city revival. God's going to anoint every preacher in our city that will allow him to. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, God has called a lot of men, a lot of women. We're praying a prayer of faith. God, not my will, but thine be done. Revive thy works. If you know it, sing it with them. I have decided to follow. Jim, follow. I'm going to travail like he did. I'm going to talk about it like he did. There's a revival bursting loose in the city. We are not the only ones. 
some others. Oh, Lord. No turning back. No turning back. I wish you'd stretch your hands while you're praying toward my wife and I and the rest of our staff. I'm telling you, when I watch Brother Stephen Rhodes come from where he was and the anointing that's on his life, and he and his wife and other singers and ministries in our church. I'm here to tell you there is a revival area, but I want you to press it. Reach forth to the pastor and Sister Meyer right now. God, don't let them go to sleep. Don't let them give up. Don't let them faint. at least 10 of you men would come down here and lay your hands on pastor.